So you're a philosopher? Yes, 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 yes. I think very deeply. show mls season preview and we're talking eastern conference on today's show this is the sbi show i'm very cleverly with me as always is ivis Galarsep. what's cracking man nothing much garrett the uh the clock is ticking the calendar keeps on moving and uh funny enough uh we are now less than 100 days away from the world cup and less mm-hmm. than 100 hours away from the 2014 MLS season. It's I, I still can't believe that both of the things are happening really quickly. As, as, as you can read in the title, and as we just said, and as Ivis and I have been talking about for the past few weeks, this week, this show, and the next show will serve as the Eastern and Western Conference previews. Then we'll do another show where we'll preview... The whole the whole league we'll do we'll do coach of the year uh, MVP rookie and all that good stuff but but this is the Eastern Conference preview before we get into all of that uh, Ivis the U S men's national team game against Ukraine is on on Wednesday morning I, I was kind of a little worried because we did the show the other day and the reports came out like literally an hour after we did the show that the game got canceled but the game is still on uh, it will begin at two o'clock uh, Eastern time. Uh, 11 to 10, 10 a.m. Pacific time. So uh, the game is still 11, on on Wednesday. 11 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 11 a.m. Excuse me. My math is a little right. horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. In Hawaii, it's a 5 a.m. No, but uh, yeah, I tell you, it, it was crazy. You know, we I, I was getting ready to put the show up, and then uh, then the report started to come out that the show, that the game was canceled. Uh, and uh, it was just funny because U.S. Soccer was very quiet. They did, they didn't issue any statements. Uh, it was a uh, the uh, allegedly the president of the Feder- of the Ukrainian Soccer Federation uh, was quoted as saying, you know, how, how you know how can we play when we you know what's going on? Our players are going to stay in the country, blah blah blah. Uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, by Monday evening, uh, the the match was on. Uh, as far as they knew, the Ukrainian team was heading to mm-hmm. Cyprus, where the game is being played, and. Uh, I just got the picture in my mind of of Jurgen Klinsmann sh- showing up with a bag of cash, just saying, "Well, how about now? Is the game on now?" Because <laughs> let's face it, the game. I mean, obviously, uh, everything that's going on in Ukraine and and the Russian incursion or whatever the heck is going on there yeah. now, it, it's serious. It's serious stuff. It's serious. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking. You know, put. You know, oh, I don't think a war is going to. You know, knock hope, on wood. Oh yeah, hopefully you know, a war does not break. Let's down. hope. Let's hope we don't have like Red Dawn happen and now and you know we got Russians invading America. <laughs> but uh, that movie's, yeah, that movie's it, horrible, it, by the way. The, the original or the new it's one? It's horrible. The original is just that's ah, boring. You're see, you sound just like my ten year old who like anything that's not like ADD out where you're like that's not true. true. That's not true. Action one of my favorite films is Lawrence Red Dawn of Arabia. Red is a classic, my friend. Red, you're you're crazy. How don't how dare you say anything bad about Red Dawn? Oh, Red Dawn I like other movies like classic. Bridge on the River River Kwai and like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Those are classics. I'm sorry, Red Dawn. It just doesn't do it for me. Eh, boring is not the word I'd use for that mm-hmm. word. But anyway, but I digress. But yeah, it, it, it was just crazy that, you know, look, obviously what's going on there is serious business and not to be taken lightly, but we all know how important his game is for the U.S. and for Jurgen Klinsmann in his preparations for the World Cup. So it, it would have been a devastating blow uh, for the U.S. team if, if this game hadn't happened because they need this is the only game they're going to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, until the May camp training camp, where, where they're going to be able to see the European-based players, and 
and the game is on. Both teams are in Cyprus. The game's the game, you know, knock on wood, barring anything crazy, mm-hmm. is going to happen. And uh, you know, we already previewed it in the last episode. Uh, but uh, I, I got to say, I'm looking forward to it. There, there's so many subplots, so many possibilities as far as lineups, as far as uh, formations, as far as where guys could play. So uh, the the best thing is we're going to have a lot to talk about after that game. Yes, we will have a lot to talk about. Your final thoughts going into, into the game, though, for Ivers, or the people who are listening to this show while they're supposed to be working uh, in the morning. Um, I think in the previous show you said it was 5-1 USA win, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I think we both said 2-2 two, two yeah, tie. Two, two. Uh, actually, I just wrote a column for Goal.com about uh, Fabian Johnson and Jeff Cameron. Those are going to be two guys to watch in this game. That's what uh, I said on two shows ago. You killed me for that. No, you no no no. <laughs> I'm not talking about Fabian Johnson's start or is he gonna have to play himself into a position. The the point of the piece was that uh, th- there is a very real possibility that we could see Fabian Johnson play in midfield, mm-hmm. and uh, and we are gonna you know I I think it, you know barring anything crazy, we're gonna see Jeff Cameron right back. And I think this is an important game yes. for Jurgen Klinsmann to see both those guys in those positions. So I won't I won't get too much more into detail. If you want, if you want to read more, definitely check out gold.com. The the piece is already up. By the time you re- you hear this, the, you know the the piece is up. So give it. So check it out. But there, there's so much there. Mm-hmm. You look at the forwards. You look at the midfield. Oh yeah. Who's who's so it, it's it's it. it I think seeing the lineup will be almost as as big a deal as watching the actual game because well, we want to see who who Klinsman picks. Oh, you're exactly right. I mean, and and you mentioned other guys. I mean, you know, Danny Williams, Juan Agudelo, Sasha Kleschen, How will Aaron Johansson look? The, the, there's a lot to watch on Wednesday's game. Onyewu for me. I I, I want to see how Gucci Onyewu looks. Yep. Uh, Ukraine's got some tough tough, tough strikers that that are going to definitely test him. Uh, so he's going to have his chance. And it's it's, it's really I don't want to say it's all or nothing, mm-hmm. but. If he has a good game here, if he if he if he shows the you know the the movement and the quickness and and the dominance in the air of of the Onyewu of old, then all of a sudden it's a whole new ball game. The center back uh, position is, is a race. It's 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 a contest. It, I mean, you know, <clears throat> as we've been saying, Matt Beasley, Omar Gonzalez, Clarence Goodson, those are the three guys, and then you got a fourth position mm-hmm. that's open. So Onyewu definitely has this opportunity to go for that. You're exactly right. And Ivis did mention that the U.S. begins camp in May. And for everyone saying, oh, well, they're playing Mexico in April, that, that's not on a FIFA date. Even though that, that team against Mexico will be a very good team based on all the international players playing in, in, in the MLS now. But uh, but we could talk about that later on, Ivis. We rambled enough about the U.S. game. We can break that down afterwards. This is the Eastern Conference preview show. The way it's going to work is Ivis and I are going to work from our way from the bottom to the top, and, and Ivis and I before the show both agreed that the Eastern Conference this year, from top to bottom, is going to be extremely close. And whoever finishes in last place in the East, I don't think they're going to be that far off the mark as we saw last year with DC or Toronto. Right, I agree. I, th- I think the uh, you know when I when I sat down to do my power rankings, which I did for for Goal dot com, it, it it was so tough. It was so tough because you had, I mean, anywhere from five six teams. Five, six, seven teams that you could just, you know, swap spots with. Like they could be one any 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 place in that order. Um, and and it, it's a product of very busy off seasons. And look, not all of these teams are going to work out in terms of of their new players blending in and 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 meshing mm-hmm. together and, and and producing quality. That's something that people need to realize. It's not it's not always as simple as okay, we got these eight new players. And now we're going to be now we're going to be good. Now it's all going to be worked out and solved. Uh, so much goes into that. How the pieces fit together. How the coach 
uh, gets the team playing together, what kind of system he implements, and can he get the most out of the out of the players. So it, it's just as important the players as it is the coaches. There's a lot of new coaches mm-hmm. as well that that are uh, you know leading new teams. We have Chicago, you have uh, <clears throat> you have Montreal, mm-hmm. Columbus. So you know a lot a lot of coaches are going to be uh, you know be scrutinized. Uh, by how they do, so we'll see. We'll see. It's uh, it's it's gets so tough, so tough. And I'll just say it in advance, folks. <laughs> if, if I have your team ranked low, it's nothing personal. It is personal. I just it's hate just, your team. It's just how I see it. I mean, <laughs> and and I tell you what, I, I've anything. I've it, over the years, I've come to learn that you know what. If I have a feeling a team's gonna fall off, then I'm not gonna. You know what? I'm gonna just say it. I mean, last yeah. year, last year when we did our Eastern Conference preview, I said, look, DC United. I, I don't think they. I think I think they're set up to 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 have a uh, to have a setback to mm-hmm. take a step back and and DC United fans just couldn't comprehend how that could be. I mean they were you know in, in the Eastern Conference Final they pushed Houston they you know well, questionable know. calls against Houston kept them from them from MLS Cup you know there was all that stuff. So uh, but you know what when it comes down to it, DC United in 2012 they they they. They, I tell you, they won ugly. They won a lot of games ugly, and then they didn't address things in the offseason. And that's where you can catch yourself uh, in a bad situation. And that's why I have the teams that I have ranked at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. The reason I have them there mm-hmm. is because while other teams got better, they stood pat, and they really shouldn't have stood pat. Okay, well, the moment of truth, Ivis. Should we do a drum roll for the uh, the 10th team in the East? <laughs> Go ahead, man. Do you have a drum roll? Cue oh, it. Here, I'll here. Uh, no. That's it, horrible it, it. on the table. All right, the number 10 team in the East, the first team on the SBI show Eastern Conference preview is is the Montreal Impact. Ivis, why are you hating on the Impact? Come on, man. <laughs> well, as I said earlier, uh, you know, the, the, <clears throat> when you talk about you can go five, six teams yeah. at the at the quote-unquote bottom of the East, and, and you can put them in any order. Uh, I think they're all pretty close. There's definitely pa- – parity is definitely – uh, going to be on full display, I think, this year, especially in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, when I just looked at the teams uh, and, and, and I just saw who improved, who didn't improve, who really worked to address needs, uh, I think I just saw other teams address needs. I didn't see Montreal address needs. And, you know, when, when I think about last year's show and, and talking about, you know, and when we did an Eastern Conference preview a year ago, I, you know, D.C. United for me was a team that I thought was vulnerable to a letdown, vulnerable to having a down year. And it was because they didn't do enough to improve their team. And I think people got caught up in their record from 2012 and thought, oh, well, if they have that record, then they're going to be fine in 2013. But they really did it with mirrors in 2012. They, they, they won a lot of ugly games, a lot of close games. And <clears throat> you can, that, that can only get you so far. You have to improve. And I don't think for me, I don't think Montreal improved. And you can say, yes, they made the playoffs last year. Why you know why can't they get back there if they have pretty much the same team? But you have to look at the way the year went. And last year, the second half of the season was a disaster, absolute disaster. They fell apart after such a promising first half of the season, and because of that, like I, you know, I don't I don't know how you you go through that and and, and not shake things up. Obviously, they got rid of the coach, mm-hmm. uh, Marco Schalabaum, uh, <clears throat> so that's that's a big step, but. It's basically the, their front office saying, we believe in our players. We don't believe the coach got the job done. And time will tell. Time will tell if, if they were right about that or if they were wrong about that. And maybe. And for me, I think, they're, I think they're wrong. I think they should have 
done more to improve their their roster. Oh, I totally agree, especially to their black back line. I mean, look, Troy Perkins is back, but I think the biggest thing last year, Ivis, that that we saw was Montreal Impact's back line was atrocious in the second half of the season. And yeah, you you could place some of that blame on Alessandro Nesta, who who's not coming back. And you could say maybe it was his age, maybe it was his speed. But I mean, I, I don't know if you could put all the blame on him last year. I mean, it's not like Matteo Ferrer, uh, Ferrari had had a good year last year for Montreal on their back line. I mean, it's kind of surprising that Montreal would not go out and try to find a way to improve their back line, which caused a lot of problems for them. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I think Nesta was a big part of it. I mean, I think he cost them a lot of games. There were quite a few games where he just was awful. And, uh, you know, he had a couple games here and there where he, he kept it together. But far too often, he was really a nightmare. Uh, he just he just didn't have it anymore. Uh, and now with Ferrari, Ferrari is an interesting case because I've seen Ferrari play at a really high level. I've seen Ferrari... Uh, in you know second half of 2012, you know he he showed some really good quality. Second half of 2013, however, he really got exposed, really bad positioning. He just didn't play well, <clears throat> and you just wonder what that's about. Has he lost his form? Did he play hurt? Was he unhappy? Was it Nesta just putting him in bad spots, and he just wasn't comfortable with them? Because you can understand you're playing with a legend like Alessandro Nesta. You know, you know. Can you really just tell them, "Hey, dude, you you don't have it anymore," or get in position, or stop getting burned? You know what I mean? So you, you know, maybe maybe now that that he's gone, it, uh, maybe Ferrari feels a little more comfortable. Uh, now they've got you know Wandra Lefave uh, coming in as a center back, but they also a big. What could be a big pickup for them mm-hmm. is Heath Pierce, who's in camp with them. Uh, I don't, as far as I know, I don't think he's signed a contract yet. But if he ends up working out for them. And he can recover from his hip surgery uh, and, uh, you know, be the Heath Pierce of two, three years ago, even two years ago with Chivas USA when he was, you know, all-star defender. I mean, that would be a huge pickup for them because I tell you what, I'm just not sold on their defense. No, I'm not either. Well, and I also think that possibility of rookie Eric Miller getting significant playing time at that backline struggles. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, what's interesting, Jeff Brovsky, Jeff Brovsky was was kind of one of their – um, bright spots last year. You know, he he was kind of this unsung guy. He he he's not a natural left back, but he slotted in there and and he did a, he did a serviceable job. He did a solid job there. But obviously, you know, uh, Frank Klopas looked at the positions and he said, you know what, I need a better guy there. He went traded up in the first round to get Eric Miller, uh, Eric Miller, best fullback in the draft, and uh, you know, for U.S. under twenty defender, and he could definitely step in and start. And I, I don't think you trade up and dra- and draft a guy as high as they did uh, if you don't plan on starting him. And, you know, maybe he doesn't start at the beginning of the season, but I think at some point Eric Miller will be the starter there. Well, you know, Montreal did lose, you know, that veteran leadership on the back line with Nesta. You know, going up to the midfield, Ivis, Davy Arnault is not coming back from Montreal, and I think arguably he was one of their best players last year. Uh, for the impact. I think that's going to be huge for them this year. But you still have Justin Mapp, Patrice Bernier. You know, the thing that's going to be interesting about Montreal Impact's midfield, Ivis, is how good that back line is going to be. Because if that back line struggles, then the midfield is going to have to drop down. It's I think losing Davey Arnault is going to really kill the impact this year. Uh, honestly, I'm not, I'm not completely sold on that. Uh, just because... I think they've got some pretty decent midfield options. <clears throat> One of the big issues last year, and, and and something that was kind of tough to understand, or not, uh, they, when they signed Hernan Bernardiello, mm-hmm. the 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 Argentine midfielder, uh, it was assumed that you know he'd step in. Him and Bernier would be this great partnership, and for whatever, and they just didn't work out. They just they just didn't seem to play well together. 
you know, Bernier, Bernier went from, you know, MVP caliber type midfielder to just completely falling off in the second half of the season. And, and that's going to be one of Frank, I think Frank Klopas's biggest tasks is getting those guys on the same page, getting them on the field together. Obviously, he named Patrice Bernier as captain. So he has, you know, he, he wants that, he wants that, uh, his presence there. You're gonna you're gonna keep Bernard Yellow on the field. He's a quality player. So if Klopas can figure out how to put play those guys together, if he can kind of put them in a system where they get the most out of each other, uh, I, I don't think they're gonna miss Davy Arno. To be honest with you, I mean Davy Arno at, at at this point in his career, you know he's not getting any younger. He's 33 years old. He you know by the second half of the season, you know it, it you know I, I don't I don't know if they I don't I don't think they're gonna miss him if. Clopas can figure out how to get Bernier and Bernardello on the same page. Uh, moving up to the attack, Ivis. Marco DeVaio scored 20 goals uh, last year for the impact. I mean, I think he's going to have to do it again this year. He's going to he's gonna have to approach that for goals if they want to stay competitive and make the playoffs. They did bring in Santiago Gonzalez, uh, the young Uruguay, uh, Uruguayan uh, player. I mean, you're going to be interested to see what you get out of him, but... I mean, on the attack, I mean, it definitely seems like Montreal is going to have to really rely on DeVaio to, to pick up a lot of the goals this year. Well, well, that's the thing, right? If they're going to stick to their 4-5-1, then, and, you know, which seems to be the, the, the only system really that you can play DeVaio in, uh, then yes, he is going to have to be the guy because their midfielders aren't really goal scorers. But now you wonder, is Gonzalez going to be good enough to maybe give them that option to play a 4-4-2? That that that's what I want to see. I want to see what Clopas does with that. If he's willing to try something a little different, or if he's going to try to play Gonzalez maybe out wide in a four two three one, or or maybe a four three three, try to shake things up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, they do. They are going to rely on Devio. Devio was money last year. He, he scored a ton of goals, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. I still feel like they're lacking in the attack, and, and I think yep. they are too reliant on Devio. Well, and Devio is not getting any younger too. Uh, he's look. He's gonna have to do. Montreal could be in for a long season. Ivis, you have them as ten. I am actually a little higher. My power rankings. I have them at seven. Moving up to the number nine team in the Eastern Conference. Ivis, you have the Chicago Fire. How could you do that against reigning MVP Mike McGee? I mean, come on. You got to get them a little higher than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's a, a, as I've said. Uh, I mean, I think all these teams are pretty closely bunched yeah, together. I, I just, I just don't know about their defense. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. and I think. I think when, when when you think about the lineup that they had, and obviously Jalil Jalil Anibabu was never a natural fullback, right? But they 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 put him at right back. Mm-hmm. He did a serviceable job there, but he you know he was young, he was athletic, and he held his own there. Now you traded him away, and then you trade Austin Berry away. Yeah, and now you've got John Kennedy Hurtado to partner with Baki Sumari, and and I just wonder is there enough speed there between those two guys? So I think that's where you know I, I'm. I, I've got some question marks. I've got a lot of question marks about about whether that defense is going to hold up. Well, think about this: the defense last year gave up 52 goals, which was third worst in the league for goals allowed. And they get rid of Austin Barry, who was playing a lot. You know, the one thing that's interesting is is look, Sean Johnson's back in goal, and you have to hope that another year means means more talent experience for him. But the one thing I find interesting is Chicago Fire bringing Level Palmer. I mean, here's a player that's a little reckless at times, especially. With with just reckless fouls here and there. I mean, I, I, to me, I, there's the, the Chicago Fire did not improve their back line at all, and I think losing us, trading away Austin Barry, I, I think that's all, like I think that's going to bite him in the butt. I agree. I agree. Well, that, here's the thing, right? John Kennedy Hurtado 
uh, you know, he was great a few. He was when he first got to the league, he was great, right? He was you know best eleven caliber defender, but then he slowly but surely has regressed. He's 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 diminished his his game is diminished. Now there were times last year where he did play well for Seattle, uh, no doubt about it. I think he had some really good stretches for them. But you just have to ask yourself, what does he have left in the tank? Is he is he someone that can still be an elite level defender? And he absolutely has to be. I mean, I think you know, for me, I think Baki Sumari is a solid center back. I think he'll do well. But I just think with with Sumari, I think you got to have someone a little quicker as his partner, mm-hmm. someone, you know, some someone who's got the wheels to kind of, you know, Sumari's dominant in the air. He's technical, but he's not the quickest guy. He's not the most. La- he doesn't have the lateral qu- quickness. I just don't know if John Kennedy or Tato's that guy either. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that he's he has that. So you know, it, it, that could if anything, that's that could be what ends up getting exposed on that defense. Uh, well, the one thing though, Ivis, when when you move up to the midfield, the, the one thing that 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 is nice for the Chicago Fire is look, you have Jeff Lorentowitz coming back for them. But the thing is, he's a little older, and and with the way the Chicago Fire played him last year, I mean, is it going to be enough for him to kind of be that center mid to kind of play that? as like a number six for them but I don't know that that's the one thing about the firemen it's they didn't improve their back line and I think they're gonna be putting a lot of pressure on their midfield especially right there in the middle to improve and to have to step up for them this year well I'll tell you I like some of their additions in midfield and I tell you Benji Hoya is a player who looks really good in the in in the preseason uh you know folks will remember him from the U.S. under 20 team and, and he's someone who can bring bring some much needed energy to to the, that part of the field uh you know I, I'm not sure uh, where Klopas uh, ultimately, if he sees him as someone who can start, but I think with the talent that he has and, and and the things that he's shown in the preseason, I think he's someone who could absolutely do well for them. I think for me, uh, Dilly Duca quietly had a really really good year last mm-hmm. year. I think now he takes that next step. You know, we'll see how he does uh, playing for Frank Gallup. Obviously, Frank Klopas he really responded to uh, just getting away from Columbus and getting into Chicago and playing for Klopas. He played really well. Uh, so we'll see how he's incorporated into that system, but I really like him. And I tell you what, Harrison Ship, you got to watch out. The rookie, uh, the homegrown player, the Notre Dame standout, won a national title at Notre Dame. The kid has got some talent, and and I, I want to see where, uh, where how you Frank Gallup incorporates him into their attack. Well, see, okay, when you look at the Chicago Fire's attack, I mean, you had to be happy with it. I mean, look, you have Dilly Duca out wide. Yeah, Patrick Nyako on the other side, and you have Mike McGee, and then look, Juan Luis Anagano. I mean, he came on at the end last year. He was a really good player for them at the very end. And then you add a guy like Harrison Ship. I mean, I think there's no doubt the Chicago Fire attack with these guys will we'll be scoring a lot of goals for them. I'm not sold on Anagano yet. And really? I don't know. I, I, yeah, he impressed me at the end of the year, at end of last season. When you, but, you at know, the, last well, I tell you what, at the at the end or at what you know at what point last year? Because I mean, I think I think it was the last three games. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't. It wasn't the last game because they got totally destroyed in the last game by the Red Bulls. I was at that game actually, uh, but you know we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that, you know, now that he's had had a season under his belt, maybe he gets more comfortable. But, but again, dealing with a coaching change not always an easy thing, especially for a foreign player. Uh, and Mike McGee is Mike McGee is he going to score twenty plus goals again? I mean, how real is that really a realistic? Uh, projection. I mean, that's that that one. I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, as we saw with Chris Wondolowski, coming off his monster year in 2012, yeah. it's tough to do it two years in a row. I think McGee, realistically, we'll probably see 15 goals from him around that range. And uh, I don't know. It's not going to be enough. You need a Nangano to step up. You need, and then you need these young guys, whether it's Ship, whether it's Hoya, to give that midfield energy. If they do, mm-hmm. then maybe Chicago can creep up 
but I think it's going to be tough. I, I just they, I just think they need to, you know what? If anything, this summer, if they can go get a DP, if they have the money, if they have the cap room, they need to go get a designated player, get themselves a big forward, maybe get themselves a playmaker. They need they need something in their attack. Well, I think they also need to bring someone to their back line too. Well, you got to pick your spots there, yeah. buddy. That's you can't have oh, it all. Yeah, I know. Well, so, well, you're not going to sign a DP. Def- well, a yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, unless unless you trade for one, uh, but that won't happen. Uh, so yeah, Ibis has them at nine. I also have them at nine too. Uh, and before we move on to team number eight, we're going to take a break and hear a word from our sponsor right now. Do you know me? I'm the guy next door. Wife, child, mortgage. I'm just another face in the crowd. I'm just like you. I'm John Doe. John Doe's killing career criminals. Hero or villain. The punishment no longer fits the crime. Justice or vengeance. You decide. I'm not John Doe. You are. John Doe. Rated R. Starts Friday, March 21st. Moving up, Ivis, to the number eight in the Eastern Conference. You have DC United. Uh, Vast improvement over last year, moving up to the eighth spot. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha! Uh, yeah, you know, DC, it's funny because, I mean, just thinking about the, all the additions that they've, they've made, all the improvements that they've made, uh, if you just look at their list of the players that they've added, you say, wow, this team, they're going to be, they're going to, you know, be near the top of the East, but you have to remember where they come from, where they, they won three games last year, folks, three games. And I know, and, and I know people will say, oh, but they're, 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 they weren't as bad as that record would suggest. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, folks. You you know what? You are what your record says you are. They lost those games. They just weren't good enough. I know they had they had some injuries, but they were terrible. Now they've added quite a bit of, of talent. They you know their defense is completely revamped. Yep, completely new back four. Eddie Johnson, you know, the, it, you know he. You want to think he's going to give them that presence up top. Uh, so they 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 they've changed things up. They've got quality. They brought in some veterans, and and that's a big thing for DC. A young team, they needed some leadership, and they didn't just go get one guy. They got a handful of guys. They pretty much got a whole new team. Well, not just – no, but it's not just that they've got a new team. They got veterans. They got guys who are – who can be locker room guys, whether it's Davey Arnault uh, or or Bobby Boswell or Jeff Park. You know, all those guys have good reputation. Sean Franklin, a veteran, MLS Cup winner. So you want to see how that locker room comes together, Uh, but – you know what? I, 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 I'm still not. I don't know. I don't know if they did enough. I don't know. You know what? Because it comes down to this, right? And I've said it about DC United for a while. You gotta get it done on the international market if you're gonna be a true top elite level team in this mm-hmm. league. And they haven't signed a quality international player since Luciano Emilio, and that's a long time. So they didn't. They did a good job, kind of, you know, shopping it in within MLS. I mean, Eddie Johnson, Bobby Boswell, Jeff Park, Sean Franklin, Fabiana Spindola, Davey Arnault. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of guys with a lot of games under their belt. But when you when you want to talk about that elite player, that 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 elite player that can help you win games single-handedly, they just – I don't know if they have that. Well, but that, that's the thing that's interesting about DC United this year is, that, as you just mentioned, like on paper, if you just took these guys, I mean, I, I think you'd be very happy with this team because, look, look at the back line. You're bringing Sean Franklin, Jeff Park, and Bobby Boswell. Each one of them has a U.S. men's national team appearance. So you're bringing veteran leadership right there. You also bring in, you also missed out Christian Fernandez, the the Spanish. I mean, he'll, uh, Spanish uh, left back. I mean, he'll be going in there. You know, you kind of wonder what type of player he's going to be. But then you have that 
nice mixture of young and old. But the back line, though, Ivis, look, I, I like Sean Franklin. I like Jeff Park. I, I think DC's back line is vast improvement. It's actually be pretty good this year. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Jeff Park and Bobby Boswell, two guys who've put in a lot of years in MLS, and then they've, they, they've fashioned some really impressive careers for themselves. My thing is, I don't. I think they're a little too similar. They're both older. They both lost a step. They both, you know, neither was a speedster to begin with. You know, they they were they were both hard nosed guys, really intelligent guys. But you know, like I don't know, man. Between those two guys, I don't know if there's enough enough speed there. You know, I think they're a team that can be exposed against teams with faster player, faster attackers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Generally speaking, you want to if you have yourself a, a veteran, a veteran center back. You know who maybe isn't the quickest, but who's smart, who's good in the air. You want to be able to partner him ideally with someone who's got some speed, and they don't have that. So you know, from that standpoint, I think I think they're a little vulnerable there. So one guy I do want to talk about, Bill Hamid, the goalkeeper. Now he he's a year older. We all know about the potential and about the athlete, the, the crazy athleticism. Uh, but you know, is he has he matured as a player? It, it has his game. Maturity. Is he going to work out the mistakes? Is he going? To, is he becoming a smarter player? He's someone who I has to have a bit. I think he has to have a big year if DC United is going to make a legitimate run at the playoffs. I think you're exactly right, and and I think a couple of the things happen to have have to go their way too. I mean, two guys that are coming back from last year's squad to this year's. Nick DeLeon and Chris Pontius. Look, injuries last year, a couple of things plagued them, but both of those guys need to regain their form from the 2012 season where they were lights out. Because the one thing for me with DC United, Ivis, there's, actually there's two things that stand out for me. Chemistry is going to be one, and, and you can't put a price on chemistry. I know some people are going to be like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. Look, chemistry is huge. And the other one is goals. Who is going to be scoring goals for DC United? You got to hope that Dave Johnson can get 20 goals. After him, I mean, what, Fabian Espadola? gets 10 I mean you got to hope that Nick Deleon and Chris Pontius are going to be big for them in the midfield this year right I mean Deleon for those who remember him his rookie year I mean the talent's there no doubt about it obviously he dealt with some injuries in 2013 but he's someone I think he's going to bounce back and then Chris Pontius obviously when he's healthy he can score goals for you Uh, but he has been plagued a bit by injuries Mm -hmm. so I agree with you I think those two guys if those two guys can get to their 2012 form uh, then all of a sudden, DC they're they're absolutely right there for the playoffs. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like it's like DC's an interesting one, man. I mean, maybe if all these guys come back for year two, I mean, we we could talk about that later on. But just I don't know, man. On, on paper, they have that nice mix of young and old. But I mean, they need a lot. Game, you know what though? though? They need wait. They they need a lot to go right. They need they, they need so many things. They have so many guys coming off of, of you know suspect years, uh, and then Eddie Johnson. Now Eddie Johnson is a guy. I mean, obviously in Seattle he put the goals he, in the last few years. He's put the goals up, but then you know you hear all these rumblings about Seattle and his time there, and he was he a good locker room guy or not? Um, you know, and, and and all you hear is him and you know talk about how he's mature and how he's learned and how he's you know he's smarter now. He's he's wiser. Um, but we'll see. You know, now he's with this team. He, 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 Seattle w- was a better team, better attack. So you know, maybe he won't have the service that he had in Seattle. So it's gonna, it's really gonna tell us a lot what he can do in that setup. I agree. I mean, how many goals do you think he's gonna get this year? Twenty plus. Ah, I mean, so no. I'm serious. He's going to need to. If DC wants to make the playoffs, he's going to have to score 20 more goals this no, year. No, that's not realistic. I don't think. I mean, then, then I, I don't see him, DC making I would the put him down for. Well, there you go. Well, I don't have him in the playoffs either, so I, I would put him down for 13 goals. 13? Okay. 13, 
15 goals. Let's see. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm writing this down. We're going to see if well, he's not getting 20. Right. Well, he's, well, we're I mean, going to hey, see if, if Nostra make, Ivis is right. If he makes the World Cup team, he's going to miss some time. That's true. So that's that, true. You know, there's that. But you know what? 13 goals. I, 13, 13 goals, good number. Okay. Well, we'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll, I'm, I'm writing down certain things. Well, wait, wait, here, you so tell me, you tell me, you tell me how many goals you think he's going to score. I, I'll say 13 too. I'll say 14. No, no, no. You, <laughs> I, look, DC man, I, look, they're going to have to play Eddie Johnson a lot. I just, I don't see anyone else on that team who can score more, double digit goals for them. I mean, maybe Fabian Ismidola, I, I don't see anyone else. Um, all right. Ivis, moving up to the team you have finishing, starting off seventh in the East. That is the Columbus crew. They bring in Michael Parkhurst. Uh, do a little good job of, of changing the back line. The one interesting thing, though, Ivis, is they'll be having Michael Parkhurst possibly be playing center back for them. Uh, you have them finishing up a few teams, but the, the one thing, man, the crew, I think they're a team like last year, man, where, where a lot of potential, but it just they just don't seem to have it. Okay, I have to ask you a question. Yes. Now you sound you see why do you sound surprised about Michael Parker's playing center back? Oh no, not at all. Well, I, I guess I guess I'm thinking U.S. Men's National Team World Cup potential. But nice to have him at right back. I'm thinking jealous on, on those reasons. But the one thing is, I mean, how's he going to be in there? I mean, Michael Parker's isn't a big guy. You know, he was a best eleven center back with New England, right? I know. Multiple years, multiple years. I mean, he's a quality center back. I mean, he's not a Gucci Oyenu. I mean, he's a different kind of player. But that's why you have Giancarlo Gonzalez now. They brought in a Costa Rican center back, quality, quality player, let me tell you. And the reason I, I've moved Columbus up, and that's the thing. I know, I know Columbus crew fans might look at it and say, oh, you don't think we're, we're you know, we're, we're better than that. You don't think we're going to make the playoffs. Uh, but no, I think the crew actually are going to be a pretty good team this year. And I think it's, and, and, I, and I really like the defense they put together. I really think that defense uh, will be, will be an improvement, a significant improvement over well, last year's defense. Okay. Well, I, I, look, Personally, what I think, I think, I think Josh Williams should be playing center back, and I think Parker should be pushed out wide. That's what I would like to see. Uh no, I disagree. Uh, I think Parker's has shown that he can play center back. I, Again, if you're looking at national team and what you want as a national team fan, then yeah, that's a whole other thing. If we want to talk about succeeding in MLS, John Josh Williams is not a proven commodity in MLS. Michael Parker's MLS. Best 11 central defender. He's a different kind of center back. He's a smart center back. Unbelievable positioning. He reads the game well. well one of the best, one of the things that I remember about his, and again, I know this is before your time a bit now when he, back when he was playing with New England, but one of the things with him is, I mean, he would be a best 11 center back and he'd have like four fouls committed all year. I mean, this is how clean a player and, and smart a player that that's how, you know, how he was as a, as a defender. Now, I think I think uh, credit to Greg Berhalter to go get Giancarlo Gonzalez, perfect perfect partner. I like Josh Williams a lot. I, I I'll agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I like him as a defender. But you know, I, I think for me, you put Josh Williams out wide, he he can play right back. He, he, no, he can't. He did last year. He played a lot more right back. So so so, so that's why for me, if you have a guy who can be a best eleven center back, then you leave him at center back. I mean, I know he's going to play a few games at right back mm-hmm. according to. According to Jurgen Klinsmann, you know, the, you know, he's talked to Burhalter. Burhalter's going to give Parker some time at right back, so we'll see that. And that's one of the good things about having a Williams is that you can interchange them if you want. But I think over the course of the season, I think Parker's is a is. I don't think Parker's forgot how to play center back, even though he's played right back now. He played there at North Island. He played it well. He didn't play there anywhere at Augsburg, but you know that that's where they that's what they signed him to play. Mm-hmm. And then obviously with the national team, he's played right back. But I think central defender. I, I just I remember him from his New England days. I watched many a game 
I saw him play, you know, saw him against the Metro Stars many a time, you know, the New York teams many a time. The guy is quality. And, and and I think for that reason, I think New England has a really, I think uh, Columbus. Columbus has a really, Columbus has a really good chance. I My question about Columbus, is their attack, do they have enough in their attack to be an elite team? Well, here, we'll talk about, here. well, you don't think they don't? I think they do. You don't think between Aduro, Federico Higuain, and Jaime Arrieta? I mean, those three guys alone? Didn't they have those guys last year? They did last year, but he's, he's, see, I like the crew, man. That, I just, I, I like <laughs> well, all that, three of those guys. I mean, that, that, that's Higuain fine. But they were there last year. So they were fun there. to watch. I agree. I like him, but you know what? He was there last year, and and he they didn't they, they didn't necessarily light things up last year. So that's that, true. And, and they lost Eddie Gavin. I mean, the guy. I mean, which yeah. is still it boggles my mind that he retired. I mean, that's. It makes me feel so old because I mean I remember interviewing interviewing him as a sixteen year old down in Bradenton at the at the Bradenton Academy, and and now he's retired and that they're gonna miss him. I mean the guy he was such a key part of that crew attack for all, so many years, and I think they're gonna miss him. Now they've got some quality pieces there, mm-hmm. but I just don't know. I just don't know if it's an, an elite level attack. I mean Iguain is an elite player, no yeah. doubt about it. Uh, Aduro. The jury's for me, Aduro's so up and down. He's someone now last year he was great, right? He he put together an outstanding season. But he's kind of shown this throughout his career uh, of of having one big year, then one down year, one good year, one bad year. So he's kinda he's inconsistent, right? Uh so from that standpoint, what are you gonna get from him? Is he gonna give you 12, 13 goals or is he gonna struggle and give you six, seven goals? Uh I like Hiro Arietta as well. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know, man. I I, I just well, I'm not so I'm not sold in their attack. Well, I, I think it. Well, I think some of it will have to go with what type of what, what how will Will Trap be in year two? I mean, if he can really step it up this year, I think I, that will help him out a lot. He's a good young player. I just you know I don't know. There's a, obviously you hear so much said about him. Folks in Columbus love him. Uh, you know, I, we'll see. I will see. I, I, I for me, I'm not. I'm not sold on him being a dominant player already at that position, especially. He's a tidy player, uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I think there's a, some people are way higher on him than I am. Um, but you know what? I still think the attack is the key for them. It, yeah. it, will they will will they consistently generate goals? And uh, and so that, that's that's a big question mark for me. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're gonna have to live and die with the th- you know three headed snake up top. I mean, you know, some teams are got to pick their poison. But you're right. I mean, it's the consistency. I mean, the last last year, I was there were games where all three of those guys were unbelievable. Then there were games where it was just ugh, a little painful to watch sometimes. <laughs> it was. I mean, it's true. That, that was the problem with the crew last year. I mean, look, there's no doubt well, you that all what? three of these guys can score. There, there's no doubt that they can score and destroy defenses. But can they do it night in and night out? Well, not yet. And can they do that against against good teams? Against and and that's a, that's a big question as well. I mean, I, I mean, you know, there there were definitely games last year where they, you know, they put they put it together, uh, and and then the interplay and the and the goals that they scored. There were there's no doubt that there's talent there. When Aduro, when Aduro, when Dominic Aduro's feeling it, oh I yeah, mean, the guy. I mean, he's the he's like the fastest guy in the league. When he's actually feeling it, then, then you know, the, the, how do you how do you deal with him? But you know, I don't know. When you think about think about how the how the year ended for them last year, right? They they were they were kind of in that range to go for the playoffs. And then they have three games uh, against p- top teams in the East. They had they they played Kansas City and then they played New England twice, and they lost all three games. And and that and that's just it. Kind of it goes back to what I, what I said about you know how they do it. You know, against better teams they struggle. Just look at the end of the year for them. That you know two the last two four seven games. 
that they played, they they had three wins, and their wins were against FC Dallas, against Chicago, and against Montreal. None of the teams are really you, what you would call elite teams. The other four games, two against Kansas City, two against New England, they lost all four. And that's the question: Have they closed the gap on those teams? And I don't, I don't think they have. So I think, I think they're better. I think they're one of the better teams in the second tier of Eastern Conference teams. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see them. Uh, I don't see them being near a KC or New England. Uh, well, moving up to the sixth team in the Eastern Conference, you and I both have the Houston Dynamo, which means uh, they're not going to make the playoffs, Ivis, even though they're one of the most consistent teams. I mean, they made the playoffs seven out of eight years since they're in Houston. I mean, look, Dominic Kinnear always does an excellent job with that team. But the one thing about Houston this year, Ivis, when you look at them, I mean, they really didn't bring anyone in. I mean, you could say they brought in Tony Cassio, but other than that, they, they really didn't bring anyone in. See, the thing with <laughs> you know, I, I, you would think I will have learned my lesson about betting against Dominic, uh, uh, Dominic Kinnear. But, you know, it's been a couple years now where, where you know, they, they didn't necessarily shake things up too much. They didn't go make big, big time acquisitions. Um, now, hey, they picked up Oscar Bonier Garcia a couple years ago. He's he's panned out. He's been he's been mm-hmm. a great addition for them. Bringing back Ricardo Clark was great for them. But. You know, I, you know, I don't know. I just think another another relatively quiet offseason, uh, is that going to come back to haunt them? Now, Kinnear's a great coach. He's one of the best coaches there is in MLS. So I think that works in their favor. They still have a ton of talent. They got Garcia. They got Brad Davis in oh, the yeah. midfield. Will Bruin, I think, you know, could have a big year for them. Uh, their de- you know, their defense is stingy, just the way they play. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're not going to give you many chances. So the talent is there. But I just don't know if the depth is there, and, and and I don't know if they did enough to improve. Well, that's the thing when you look at Houston, especially. I mean, look, because you have Tally Hall coming back in goal. One of the, I mean, one of the best goalkeepers the last couple of years in, in Major League Soccer. And, and look, your defense. You have Kofi Sarkodie, Corey Ash, Jermaine Taylor. I mean, you also are going to have at times Ricardo Clark. Look, Houston's defense is going to be good, but I think you just mentioned it right there. When you look at their attack, they just don't have a guy. Look, Will Bruin's good. Brad Davis good. Is there a guy that you can just kind of, you know, put everything on him and have him carry you? You know, some stud guy that stands above everyone else. But then again, I mean, Houston's always been team first mentality, and that's always worked out for them. Well, that's going to be the question: Are they going to go out and sign a forward? Are they going to go get someone to partner with Bruin? Are they going to go spend some money? Uh, obviously, they haven't done it yet. But will they do it this summer, or are they going to stamp pat? I got to think they're going to put some money in, put some money down. I mean, they got that new stadium. They're, they got to, they have to. I, I mean, I, for me, I think they have to go and add some talent. But mm-hmm. um, th- you got to remember, folks. They, they it's not. You know, they got in and they were in the wild card. They were fourth. Yeah. In they were number four in the East. So we're we're going we're dropping them from fourth to six. It's not this massive drop off. They're right there. They're still right in that conversation. And hey, you know what? If they go get themselves a forward in the summer. If they go get an Andy Johnson, who they've been linked to in the past, I mean, I haven't heard anything new on that, but just as an example, if they can go get a quality international forward to come in, then you know what? That could put them over the top. That could get them into the playoffs. And as they've shown, all they got to do is get in the playoffs, and they will wreak havoc. Dom Kinnear will do his thing, and they'll find a way. So they're right there. They're not that far off, folks. So, so I don't want any Houston people saying we're we're anti-Houston or we're out to get them. It's just you know what the other teams did did better 
did more to improve their teams this offseason. Well, I, I guess that's the yeah. I guess it's it's not that we're saying that yeah that Houston's not bad, but I, I think there's potential there. I mean, if they can go out and find a guy who can score twelve to fifteen goals on a consistent basis, I, I think that help them out a lot. Because look, they have guys that can score goals, but look, Will Bruin. You, you gotta a, hope. That, yeah, go ahead. Now here's a guy for you, Omar Cummings. Yeah, now, yeah, he, exactly. He, what type of player is he going to be this year? Well, 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 here's the thing. So last year, obviously, he was injured. Uh, he had knee issues, so he never really got going. He only he only started one game for them. Now, if he can if he can you know get back to being anywhere close to the MLS Cup winning Omar Cummings uh, for Colorado, I mean, then you're then you're talking. Then you're having that speed option, mm-hmm. and we saw him in the playoffs. We saw we saw him wreak havoc in the playoffs, right against the Red Bulls. Scored two he, goals. He was, yeah, he was a handful. So that might have offered a that might have offered a glimpse. Of what Houston can be, because if Omar Cummings can can be the old Omar Cummings, then then for me they're a playoff team. Then then for me, I'm putting them in the top five. But barring that, though, mm-hmm. uh, I think they're going to have to go get. They're going to have to sign somebody in in, in the winter in the yeah, summer. Th- yeah, there, there is no doubt that Houston has a good team. There may be one or two just solid guys up top away from putting them up in that upper tier. Uh, all right, Ivis. Now moving into the teams that you have in the top five. So if the season ended before, blah, 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 they make the playoffs, all that good stuff. You have the Philadelphia Union squeaking into the playoffs at the number five. I guess you're loving all those acquisitions they made in the offseason. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, again, remember, they, they weren't that far off from the playoffs nope. last year, right? I mean, they, they were pretty close uh, in the standings. So, you know, when you think about we're talking about a young team. Uh, you know, they, they've got that that nucleus of young guys: McInerney, Amobi Akugo, mm-hmm. Shannon Williams, Zach McMath, Ray Ray Gaddis, uh, Danny Cruz. You know, they've got that nice nucleus of young talent. Uh, and, and but they struggled last year. They 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 were they missed their midfield was lacking. That no, there's no doubt about it. When you looked at their midfield, they just it, it just wasn't good enough. And obviously, they they set out and they addressed that in a big way by uh, adding three. Uh, three high-level midfielders. Now, now, when you think about Maurice Du, uh, no, uh, Noguera, and Maidana, I mean, all of a sudden you got a brand new midfield, and it looks really good. And that alone w- would have been enough to put them in the playoff conversation. I mean, I had them play. I had them in the playoffs just with those additions. But then when you throw in Austin Berry, I mean, Christmas came early or late, or whatever you want to say. Christmas came for Philly because. They were staring at that team. They they were forced to trade Jeff Park uh, in order to get Marisa Du, uh, in order to make that deal happen to get Marisa Du. And they were they were really standing there needing a center back, and they didn't have one. And to go get a player like Austin Berry, mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better fit for what they need. What they need there, I mean, Austin Berry's you know very good in the air, strong player. Philly has not had an aerial presence, uh, aerial center back presence. Maybe ever that I can think of. I mean, Jeff Park wasn't that player. Moby Okugo is not that player. Carlos Valdez was not that player. So Barry gives you that, and then you partner him with a Moby Okugo, who's you know you know so good, uh, you know reads the game well, very athletic, deceptively quick, technically you know gifted. I mean that that center back tandem is gonna for me gonna be fun to watch. And then when you think about Marisa do in front of them, mm-hmm. I tell you what, man, they for me they're they're gonna be in the playoffs. But it's going to be up to John Hackworth to figure out how to put it all together because the talent is there, mm-hmm. but he's got to put them in the right system. You know whether it's four three three, four four two, four two three one. They they've got the pieces to go in any number of directions. So 
the 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 pressure is on John Hackworth, and he's going to have to prove his worth as a coach. Now, I give him credit. You got to give him, and you got to give Rob Artusian, uh, their 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 technical director slash goalkeeper coach. You got to give them credit because the the off season they had outstanding, best off season for me, best off season in the league, and 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 I give them that because they didn't spend, they didn't have the money to spend that some other teams, <clears throat> Toronto had to spend. And and they were able to make the necessary upgrades, and for me, that's why they're a playoff team. Well, I, well, look, you just mentioned that four three three. I mean, look, that's what they want to go to. And and I guess look, the thing with Philadelphia that that I guess that should scare other teams. Look, when you have Shannon Williams, Amobi Kugo, Austin Berry, and then on top of them you have Brian Kel- uh, Brian Carroll, excuse me, and Marisa Do. Look, Philadelphia man is going to be tough to crack. Uh, to score on, to also to, to find holes, and and look the other thing too that that I that I really looking forward to this year is to see how Jack McInerney does. I mean he was got off to a great start last year, and everyone's oh yes, you know playing with the U.S. Men's National Team. Then he kind of gets cold, and it's funny everyone's like killing him. But then, <laughs> but the, but the thing is, look, I, look here's here's the thing with him that's an interesting one. He uh, under Hackworth uh, Ivis in, in a year and a half he scored twenty goals. 20 goals in a year and a half for a young player like that. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do for Philadelphia this year. And, and with guys like Marisa Du behind him, you know, I, I don't, maybe he'll play as a six, maybe he'll play as a box to box, but to have that veteran leadership with the back line, look, Philadelphia, man, if things work out for them, they could be, I mean, they could be one of those top teams uh-huh. competing for that championship, Ivis. Uh, okay, Garrett, clearly you were very excited about Philly. And hey, I, you know I, I like Philly too, but championship—it's a little. I think that might be a stretch. I think that might be—it might be pushing it a little. Uh, I think they have the talent to, to to make the playoffs, no doubt about it. I think they, if McInerney, like you know, I agree with you in that McInerney needs to, like he he could be he could be he could have a big year, especially you know if they if they they, they play this system and if Maidana and Noguera are yep. the attacking are the attacking threats that they're being uh, you know being promoted as being. Uh, McInerney, he's a smart player, and the thing is, he, you know, people just, you know, people who just look at goals, and 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 look at the the stat sheet and say, oh well, he slumped at the end of the year, he didn't find the net, but the guy is always putting himself in good positions, and and, and it was it wasn't a case of him not finding chances. I mean, he missed a lot of chances toward the end of the year. Uh, but he was putting himself in positions because he's a smart player. He reads, he makes good runs, great runs. He's one. He might be one of the better players in the league at making runs, like timing his runs, and, and re- reading the defenders and knowing how to move. And and that's gonna be the, the that's gonna be the question. If if the this revamped midfield can give him better chances and more chances. I mean, he's going to put those away. I I, I, I firmly believe that. I think he ha- he did definitely had his growing pains. And it's funny how after the national team call up, it all kind of it all kind of fell apart for him. But I I tell you what, I, I think the quality is there. And with this midfield, if if it's as good as advertised, McInerney is going to be a big goal scorer this year. I'm talking, we're talking. 15 to 18 goals. Well, he has the potential. I mean, look at his, his last two years in, in all competitions, uh, 23 goals. And I think the other thing that 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 really just kind of intrigues me about the Philadelphia Union is that, look, Connor Casey was good for them last year. And if he could be healthy again this year coming off the bench for them, I mean, that, having a guy like that the last 10 minutes of the game, you know, sending, you know, Shannon Williams, with the, I mean, say what you want about the long throw-ins, but... I, look, I, I, Philadelphia has depth now. They have the talent on the field. L- lots of potential for Philadelphia. I mean, it's crazy what what two years can do for Philadelphia, man. When you look at where they were, you know, two years ago. 
Right. I tell you what, I think it's a, you want to take it step by step. I think this year is the year they get in the playoffs. Maybe they, they pull an upset. I don't have them. I don't see them making, I don't see them going all the way, but I, I see them maybe taking that next step, uh, that next step up the ladder, which like when you, you look at a sport in Kansas city, right? I mean, the project that, that Peter Vermees had there mm-hmm. took time. It took time to build that team, to get them all to buy into the system, to play the system and to build up the depth, and, and it took years. And and now with Philly, you've seen that. Now this is that you know it, it's been it's been two years now for Hackworth, and now we're going into year three. Uh, I think they take the next step, and then maybe I think 2015. Then you, I think then you can maybe start talking about championship, depending on the moves they make. And obviously, it sounds like their ownership is ready to spend money. It, you know, you based on you know they went and got Maurice to do. They made a play for Michael Bradley, even though they they were never they they weren't close to getting him. But their owner their ownership seems ready to spend some money. If they have a good year this year, if they make the playoffs, if they make if they if they uh, reinvigorate the fan base there, and hey, they got they have some of the best fans in the league. But if they if they really recapture that fan base and, and pack PPL every game and, and get people excited again, play attractive soccer, score a lot of goals. 2015, I tell you what, 2015 could be the year for the union because then their ownership will go out after 2014 and say, we're going to spend, we're going to go get those pieces to put us over the top. Uh, dude, Philadelphia, man, a, a team that's going to be intriguing to watch all year. Uh, moving up, the team that you have finishing fourth in the Eastern Conference, Toronto FC. I mean, Ivis, what do they got to do? They got to sign Messi to move up on your power rankings list? <laughs> well, it's not a player that they have to sign. The question is the goal, is, is, is the coach. That's what it comes down to, and that's where I have some questions. Questions because when you look at w- what they've done as far as their roster, I mean, man, you, 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 Jermaine Defoe, Michael Bradley, Julio, uh, you know, Julio Cesar yeah. as, uh, in in goal, uh, Justin Dwayne Morrow, De, Justin Morrow, Dwayne De Rosario, Jackson from FC Dallas, Jackson Gonzalez. Uh, they're, they're stacked. It's crazy. It's crazy. But again, you got to have the coach that can put it all together. And Ryan Nelson hasn't shown it yet. He has not shown it yet that he can put it together. I think they've got a ton of talent, and I think they're going to be in the playoffs. And that's no me. That, that's not exactly some small feat. I mean, they've never ever made the playoffs. So the fact that they're, you know, I project them. I mean, that's a big step for them, right? I mean, it takes time, and you're not gonna you're not gonna go from you know laughing stock six years of futility to playoff to to winning a title, right? So I think. You know, this is the first step. I think with Michael Bradley, I mean, I tell you what, I think he's going to, you know, people are, for people who, 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 you know, maybe have any doubts about just how good a player he is, they're going to see him in the MLS structure. He, he, I think he's going to be, he's going to be dominant. I think he's going to be dominant. And, and Jermaine Defoe, we'll see how many goals he can score. Dwayne De Rosario's back home, second time around. Uh, I like the team they got. I like the team they, I like the team they've put together. Ryan Nelson is the big question mark. Well, I think the other question mark, I mean, there's no doubt that they improved the the attack in the midfield, but, you know, the, the defense, Ivis, I mean, they, they, you know, they brought in Bradley or, you know, on loan, you know, Stephen Caldwell's back, you know, they brought over Justin Morrow. I mean, is it enough for their back lines to be able to hold off, you know, all these other teams in the East? That's a big question. And Daniil Henry, he's, he's a big key for them. Now, he's a talented young player. Young Canadian player, Canadian fans love him. They think he's, you know, he's he's like going to be a superstar. Uh, you know, he, he's still young though, right? He's a young center back. Mm-hmm. 
uh, he 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 made his mistakes last year, got his red cards, had his growing pains. Um, and I think I think the same thing will happen this year. I think he's going to have some struggles. Uh, Stephen Coldo's solid. You know, he's not a best eleven guy, but he's a solid defender. But you know what? When you have a, an elite level goalkeeper like Julio Cesar, I mean that definitely helps, right? I mean I think I think having Julio Cesar behind them and having Michael Bradley in front of them is going to help. You know those center backs deal with whatever. You know it'll help them transition. It'll help Daniel Henry's. Uh, you know his his development as a player. He's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna be getting bombarded with 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 attacks coming at him. Uh, so I think I think their defense can be good enough. Um, I just don't, I think. But if you want to talk about a potential weak point, that could be the end. Of, that could end up being the weak point in their lineup. Well, definitely. I mean, but you know, it also helps having Michael Bradley just wrecking stuff in the middle throughout the whole entire season. I mean, over under goals for him, Ivis, fifteen, ten. Who? Michael Bradley. Mm, goals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll watch say, him score ten goals, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my god, he could score goals!" Dude, he can well, he score scored. Goals. I know that's the thing. Like, everyone's gonna like, lose their mind. He but scored, he scored in the Netherlands. He scored. I know. He scored. He had like eight. Was it eighteen goals in one year? No. I, you know what? I'll put Michael Bradley down for eight goals and uh, twelve assists. Twelve assists. Nice. Yeah. Look, that, there's no doubt that that Toronto can score goals this year, especially with Defoe. And then look, you have Jackson out wide with the speed. Toronto. Eh, man, they're, they're gonna, I, eh. See, I, you know, maybe I rate him a little higher. I guess I, I like eh. him as a player. He's uh, he has flashes, but he has a thing. Very, if, if he can figure it out, he's very consistent. No, he's not gonna. He's what is he twenty? He's not gonna figure it out. Oh, he is nice. what he is. He's 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 you know he's he's limited. He's got he has flash. He can give you a good game here and there, but he's gonna be inconsistent. And that's why I, honestly I don't know if he's gonna start for them. Well, hey, you know what also helps having that talent around you too? Because I mean the talent he has now is you know a hell of a lot better than what he had at FC Dallas last year. I was. Uh, I'm not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, moving up in the East, you have New England Revolution at number three. Uh, I mean, look, there's there's no doubt, Ivis, that that this young team can, you know showed vast improvement last year, and, and you have to hope that you know Kellen Rowe, Lee Wynn, you know Diego Fagundes, guys like that can continue to develop and you know be these young guys that that the league you know wants. You know, guys like Diego, you know, who could really step it up this year. I mean, New England, man, the, the ceiling is really high on this team. I think. They've got some quality there, no doubt about it. And, and I think uh, now, obviously, for me, I mean, look, Juan Agudelo is a big loss, right? <clears throat> no doubt about it. He was he was a big key to, to to what they were able to do in the second half of the season last year to really make that push into the playoffs. They're going to miss him. Uh, but I tell you what, getting Teal Bunbury was a was a stroke of a, a good fortune slash intelligence, uh, shrewd GM move there, Mike Burns and 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 uh, Jay Heaps. Because I'll tell you what, Till Bunbury, obviously he's had the knee injury. He's been off the radar for, for, for more than a year now. But the guy, i tell you what, man, he can play. He can play. And I think in that setup, in that system, with those guys around him, Fagundes, Lee Wynn, Kellen Rowe, I mean, he could thrive there. I'm, talk, I'm telling you, the guy could be a 15-plus goal guy, uh, no doubt about it, uh, if, he, if he's all the way back. And now he's had time, and that's the thing. People will say, oh, well, he came back last year. He really didn't do much. But again, when, you're, when you have an ACL, it, it doesn't – just coming back isn't, isn't, isn't all of it. You, know, you, you, get back, you get back on the field, but it still takes time beyond that to, to get your old form. And I think now that he's had that time, he's had an offseason to rehab, to strengthen the knee, to, to, to you know, get the confidence back in the knee – uh, I'd say what, man. I, I I think I think he could do great. 
he could I, I think I think he's I think he's the key for them because if he is if he does become that 15 15 goal guy then New England is absolutely right there pushing the top teams in the east oh and, and look and you also have uh, Jose Gonzalez coming back then you have uh, Andrew Farrell coming back you know the one interesting thing you know Matt Reese Ivis he's not going back this year do you think that's going to uh you know I mean look Bobby Shuttleworth played a lot for them last year but but do you think that's going to be a little bit of an issue for them in goal well, I think they're going to miss his leadership. You know, I think his his veteran presence there. Shuttleworth had, you know, Shuttleworth was okay here and there. And again, I I don't know if he's officially beaten out uh, uh, if he's the starter there. You know, um, if he is the starter, he, he's okay. But I think Matt Reese, I mean, quality quality veteran, one of the you know one of the better goalkeepers of the last however many years. Uh, I think they're going to miss him. I think they're going to miss his presence in the locker room. But their defense, I think, is going to be solid. You got Andrew Farrell, second year under his belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the que- for me, the question for New England is in midfield: is do will they have that bite in the middle? Uh, the, you know, Shari Joseph has been on trial there, mm-hmm. and who knows? Maybe he can have a second go around. Maybe he, you know, maybe he can recapture some glory uh and 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 help lead them back to another MLS cup uh cuz Scott Caldwell listen Scott Caldwell you know talented young player but i i just think they i just think they lacked that bite in the midfield and if there was a weak spot on that team i still think i think that's what it was last year and i still think that's what it is yeah, i mean like there's as you said i mean there's there's no doubt that new england in the attack is going to be great defense they should be great yeah, i mean look the, the one thing that also did haunt them last year what was the midfield and, and holding possession because i mean look there were times when they were a little sloppy and did, it did let some goals in but look if if kellen Rowe and lee win diego fagundes continue to develop i mean look kellen Rowe, ivis he's become a very special player same with oh, diego fagundes a... and both of them have no without a doubt i mean fagundes obviously he blew up last year i mean he, he you know he had the best season ever for a, a, a teenager in mls history and now he's got another year to top that. I mean, he's 90, you know, he's still young. Uh, he's still so young and, and uh, he's so dangerous. But, yeah, I agree. Kellen Rowe, as far as a playmaker uh, and a, a young American, pure playmaker, the guy's quality. And uh, I think he really, you know, I, I don't know if he I don't know if he got his deserved due last year for how how much better he got, even though, you know, from his rookie year. I mean, his rookie year, he had he had a pretty good rookie year, too. But, you know, he took that step up. And I think here now. You know, year three, you know, can he take that next step and really be one, uh, you know, push himself into the elite? And we're talking like all star caliber, Graham Zussi's, Javier Morales, you know, those type of attacking midfielders. He, I think he has that kind of talent. And and I think this is going to be a big year for him to show that. Well, in his rookie year for, for Kellen Rowe, three goals, five assists. Last year, seven goals, eight assists. I mean, you'd like to see both those goals and assists in double digits for him. I mean, look, New England. They they were a fun team to watch last year, Ivis, and you know, they should be another fun team to watch again this year. Uh, the number two team you are in the you have in the East, uh, you have them a little higher than I do. I have them at fifth. You have them at two. That is the New York Red Bulls, who really didn't go out and add anyone, and you know they have they have the talent with Henri and, and Cahill, but you know New York, Ivis, I, if things don't work out for them, Ivis, they 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 could be fighting for that final playoff spot in the East. Come on, man. Why are you, why are you, why are you still in my line? Why are you still in my line? <laughs> well, look, here's the thing with New York, right? And I've been saying it for a while now. 
uh, on the show, uh, I've been saying it. They're a team that you know what they could they could definitely fall off. They could definitely, if you want to talk about that that team that could be like 2012, 2013 DC United. I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna have that dramatic a fall. But I just think they're a team that you know things really went their way last year. You know they, their top guys stayed healthy. Uh, they had a lot of guys play have career years mm-hmm. uh and now they they didn't they didn't really do much to their lineup their roster this this offseason and you know you know talking to team Cahill a few weeks ago you know he made the point that it's actually good for them to to finally have some continuity and i and you know what there's something to be said for that that for once the red bulls aren't turning over half their roster which is something that seemingly they did every year for the last dozen years uh so there is something to be said for that for that familiarity that they have the camaraderie that they have as a group now they have that you know understanding they they know each other that much better having said all that i'm not sold man because i just think they have some you know their their roster their depth they don't for me they don't have any depth really mm-hmm. um their forward situation is 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 a little you know suspect they're going to play tim K- you know by all accounts they're going to play Cahill up top uh and i think when they do that they're going to miss his energy in the middle. I mean, I think he he's proven that, you know what, you put him up top, he'll find goals. And even if you put him up top, he'll drop deep and he'll help out. I mean, he's just that kind of player that, you know, he he's, he gives his all, right? He gives his all. He, for me, he was an MVP candidate last year. That's how important he was for them. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I I just think I just think they needed so much to go right for them yep. to get to get where they got last year. I just thought to expect that to happen again and now and they not only did they not really add players they lost marcus holgerson they lost fabiana spindola and look spindola never felt 100 percent at home in new york he was an unhappy player he was an unhappy player for most of that year and he still put in some goals for them he nine, put in goals, decent, nine goals nine goals last year nine nine goals that's a decent year and 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 it's like the quietest nine goals you'll ever see uh you know but they they have to replace those goals now you put cahill up top who's your playmaker and, you know, it seems Peggy Luyendula, a guy who couldn't score a goal to save his life last year, but who showed some playmaking qualities. It seems like they're going to plug him in. I don't know, man. I just – I'm not sold on them. If they have it, you know, if Henry gets hurt, if Cahill yep. gets hurt, if Olave gets hurt, they are – I think they're going to be in trouble. <laughs> and, and the other thing, too, is, like you said, a lot of guys had career years last year. I mean, three guys in particular, Lloyd Sam, Eric Alexander, and Johnny Still. Are all three of them going to do it again this year? There's just no way. Look, Dax McCarty's going to be a rock like he always is. Fabulous player right there in the midfield. But you're exactly right, man. If The thing is, everyone else in the East got better. And it's not saying that New York didn't get better, but... Did, did they keep pace with everyone else? I, you're right. I mean, look, if Cahill goes down, who's going to be scoring their goals for them? Yeah, I don't, I, it's that. And, and here's the thing: I put them at number two. Obviously, I've, I've ranked them high going into their season because you have to give them their respect mm-hmm. as the team that they have going into the season is a quality team. It's the same team that won a supporter shield last year. Marcus Holgerson's gone. Fabian Espinel is gone. They did go sign uh, Armando, the the Spanish center back. We'll see what he's about. We'll see if he's going to be the starter or if Sakai is going to be the starter next to Olave. Uh, but then the forward situation is it really just enough to move Tim Cahill up? Uh, and and then and then kind of lose that in your midfield. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. It, but you know what, the, Cahill, Henri. When you have those two guys, and if they're if they're able to stay healthy, those two guys are that good that they can help carry them. And and Alave, though that you know what, those are three. It's just three of the best talents in the league. So you mm-hmm. know you have to respect that. 
You have to give them their due. They just won the Supporter Shield with mo- jet, mostly this team. So I can't drop them off too much. And there's also the possibility that they sign a designated player this summer. You, you can't forget that. If they go get themselves a you know a, a, a elite level playmaker, all of a sudden you have to start saying, whoa, you know, okay, yeah, they, they're right there. So based on all that, that's why I'll rank them high. But you know what? If they have that, if they have that kind of year where they fall to fifth, or even you know have some injuries and miss the playoffs, it wouldn't shock me at all. No, look, New York, it's, it's they're going to be an interesting team, and that brings us down to the number one team. Before we unveil who that is, we're going to take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. Do you know me? I'm the guy next door. Wife, child, mortgage. I'm just another face in the crowd. I'm just like you. I'm John Doe. John Doe's killing career criminals. Hero or villain. The punishment no longer fits the crime. Justice or vengeance. You decide. I'm not John Doe. You are. John Doe. Rated R. Starts Friday, March 21st. All right, Ivis. That brings us down to the number one team, the defending champions, Sporting Kansas City. Uh, they didn't have to do much because uh, the stud team that they had last year returns. And look, Sporting Kansas City is, they're, man, they're just, when you look at their starting 11, Ivis, they should just dominate everyone this year. Or at least you hope that they will dominate everyone this year. Uh, I mean, they're not going to dominate, but they're going to have a good year. You know, they they, they bring back uh, 10 of their 11 starters. Jimmy Nielsen has retired in goal. That's a big loss. I mean, I think his leadership is going to be missed. Uh, you know, his his presence, his ability to organize the defense. Uh, and now you've got Eric Kronberg stepping in, longtime backup, who, I, you know, I, I hear good things about him. He's, you know, I, I've, I actually had a good chance to to kind of spend some time with him last year and, and, and talk to him, and, and, and I think he's ready for it. I think he's got the, you know, he, he's, he's a veteran. He, you know, he's been around for a while. He's mature. So we'll see how he does. But I tell you what, the team that's going to be in front of him, there's no doubting, is quality. I mean, this is the MLS Cup championship team. They they won the championship, and it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a number five seed. Nope. This is a team that had the second best record in the league last year. They've had the second best record in the league for three years running. They are a good quality team that knows how to play their system, and uh, and they're deep too. They've got they've got quality on the bench, so they've got options. Whether it's in midfield, whether it's at center back, whether it's forward, and you know they they you got to give Peter Vermees credit. He is built such an impressive roster there mm-hmm. that how do you not put them number one at the start of the season or even number one overall in the league you know i mean i i think you know our uh i i don't have them winning the mls cup this year but you know what i have absolutely no problem with making them the number one team in the league going into the year i'm okay with that too and, and the thing is like they you just look at some of these guys and they continue to improve i mean Look, Matt Beasler continues to press. CJ Sapong continues to press. You know, one guy I'm really looking forward to this year to watch him play, who who had a great year last year and continues to uh, continues to impress. Excuse me, I guess is Oriol Rosell. I mean, look, that's a guy where you know, with with all the stud talent that Sporting Kansas City has, you know, I think sometimes people forget about him, but he is a fabulous player. I'm really excited to see what what he's going to be doing this year for them. Oh no, no doubt about it. He's a key, such a key, key uh, player for them, and you know, such a good. He's a good guy. He's he's very mature for his age. I mean, he's a younger, he's a younger guy, but and he's like going to school, uh, getting his degree, and and I mean, he's very, very sharp guy. But quality player, a rock in the midfield for them. 
Uh, unfortunate in him getting hurt last year in, in, in MLS Cup and, and having to come out, so that was a big blow. Uh, but yeah, I you know I just look at top to bottom. I mean, where yeah. what's the weak spot on this team, right? I mean, there, the 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 the, well, the big question last year was forward, right? Because Claudio Beeler, you know, he kind of went ended up in a doghouse, and then you had Dom Dwyer was unproven, CJ Sapong, you know, he, he's coming off a disappointing year, but now they've won a title now. Dom Dwyer has scored playoff goals and shown that he can do it in, you know, he can do it in the big time game. CG Sepong has shown he can do it in the big time games. That confidence that they're going to have, you know what, it's going to lead to a big year. And I think now that they've got some forwards, they're going to come into the season with that much more confidence. I agree with you. They're going to be an even better team this year. Well, not not that I want to throw you know rain on on our you know SKC love affair right now, but <laughs> percentage chance, Ivis, that this starting eleven that we see here is the one come playoff time. You know, considering guys like <clears throat> Graham Zuzi and Matt Beasler might move over to Europe with a very good showing at the World Cup. Uh, well, I, don't, I mean, I don't think they'll bolt in the summer. You know, I think you know. Could you see one of those guys leave? Yeah. I think you could see one of them leave, but get, but but again, look at their roster. They've got their third center back, Ike Opara, who's looked really good when he's gotten a chance to play. If you lose Graham Zusi, I mean, you've got yeah, it's going to be tough. I tell you, I, I, there's no other way to say it. it's going to be tough to replace Graham Zusi. Mm-hmm. But but you know they've got Benny Failhaber as a playmaker there, uh, Nagamura and Uri Rozelle, uh, and they've got Mikey Lopez, the you know the, the rookie last year, quite, you know talented young midfielder. So they've got some quality there, but uh, if they're able to keep the team together, they they will absolutely have a chance to repeat. Uh, I think it's more likely that if they lose one of those guys, they're going to lose them after this next season. I don't think. I don't think you know. If you think about it, if you're sporting Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need money. Nope. Your, your your owners have money. So and Matt Beasler has already kind of professed his love for his hometown and his hometown team. I would I don't see him leaving in the middle of a season. Uh, and Graham Zuzi, I'm not. I don't see him leaving either. I mean, they have signed these guys to longer. You know, they've signed them to recent contracts now, contracts extensions. They, they're not going anywhere. So I, I think if they leave, if one or both of those guys leaves, I think it's after the 2014 season. Uh, so if they're going to be around, then this KC team, I mean, not only do they have a chance to repeat, but hey, they're they're playing in the Concacaf Champions League. Yep. They got a tough draw. They got Cruz Azul, who is who is tearing it up in Liga Liga MX right now. I think that's a tough. That's going to be a tough ask of Sporting Kansas City. But hey, even if they if they lose that, they're back in it next year or this year for the next tournament. So they'll have that chance. So I, you know what? I'm excited to see what this team does. And who knows, man? I tell you what, don't rule out the possibility that they go add another big player because they they hey, they made a play for Michael Bradley. Yep. That 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 should just tell you the ambition that their ownership group has and that they're not resting on that one title, that one MLS cup. They want more trophies. They want, they want that CONCACAF champions league, you know? So they, they, I tell you what, man, watch out for them. I, I think that, I think they can get back to MLS cup. I don't, I'm not picking them to win it all, but I, I, I really see them getting back to the final. I, I, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I had to say that the guy's moving because like there's, there's nothing, you can't say anything bad about this team right now. Cause it's the same team coming back last year that won the championship, you know? It's yeah. Like, I mean, the only thing you can say is hey, put some put some more heaters in in, in sporting dude bars. for reals. I'll make your press blocks bigger. Jeez. <laughs> MLS Cup was frozen. It was unbelievable, and that's scary. And the scary part is if they host it again next year, uh, there's talk that MLS Cup will be even later in December next year, so it could be even what? colder. 
yeah, Ugh. it's crazy. Yeah, Why? it's crazy. Why can't they just put it somewhere warm like Miami or L.A. or Phoenix or Houston, you know? Well, the Eidos team, hey, L.A. has to... LA has to get there and, and host it, and we'll see. You know, it's the only way to only way. That's really the only way it's gonna. The only way you get a warm weather MLS Cup is if LA is hosting the final. I've never been that cold in my life. It was. It is. That's miserable. Uh, well, <laughs> Ivis, man, that that's our uh, that's our Eastern Conference preview right there. You know, thought we did a good. You know, we forgot to mention though that that DC and New York are also in the CONCACAF Champions League. We, we did not mention that because we just did mention that Sporting Kansas City, but DC and New York are, are both in it. I mean, New York, I, I don't see them taking that competition seriously at all. DC, it could go either way with them. I don't know if we should necessarily rule out New York taking it seriously. I mean, I think the Open Cup is one thing. I think they've shown in the past that it's like they'll give, you know, give or take it. But I think the Champions League, I think the league as a whole – uh, I think there's a mandate there to take it more seriously. And again, that's that's later in the season. I mean, mm-hmm. Sporting Kansas City and L.A. and San Jose are in the quarterfinals, which are going to begin this month. Yep. So, uh, and I'll be actually in L.A. a week from when right now, a week from when we're recording this show, Damn. I'll be in L.A. for L.A. Galaxy Club Tijuana. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know the, the le- MLS has let it be you known they want they want to have a better showing. They want to get closer to winning it. They want to win that trophy to help increase the credibility of the league. Well, yeah, so they can go to the Club World Cup and win that, and you know, then we could have the greatest team in the world in our league. Yeah, <laughs> settle down, <laughs> step by step, step by step. Well, I, as Ivis mentioned, that Ivis was saying that the Concacaf Champions League kicks off. That's next week. That's March 11th. San Jose is on is on the 11th, and then Sporting Kansas City is on the 12th, and then LA Galaxy are also on on the 12th as well. Uh, but Ivis, that that's our Easter Conference preview, man. I I, I think we did a, a fairly good job on our assessment. And uh, if we didn't predict your team to make the playoffs, it's personal. We we don't like you guys. You're more than welcome to listen to the show in <laughs> December and let us know how bad how bad our predictions were. We will not get offended by it. Well, I, it, I think the one consensus consensus thing that you and I could agree on is that the Eastern Conference is incredibly tough to predict this year. I thought the Western Conference, when we do it, uh, the next show was a little bit easier with the Eastman. I mean, look, Montreal, if we have Montreal and Chicago finishing 10th and 9th, I mean, those are teams that we be fighting for playoff spots in the West, I believe. I mean, look, I, I think whoever finishes last in the East is, is going to be no more go. than... I, I, you I, don't, I don't know about that. I, I, I think go. that the no, East... No, no, see, really no, you, you, mixed it, you mixed it up a little bit. Hmm. The teams that are that we're putting 9 and 10 yeah. in the East could just as easily be 4 and 5 in the East. That That's what... Oh, that's yeah, where yeah, you, yeah. I think the West is... The, it, it's still, you know... The, the fifth spot is a little weak, but the mm-hmm. top four is absolutely rock solid. But the teams, I don't know, for me, the teams that are, you know, not to get too much into the West, but I think teams like FC Dallas and Vancouver have done an excellent job in the offseason. So the West is still pretty tough, man. Yeah, there's no there's, there's no way we'll see, you know, two teams in the East with, you know, single-digit wins like last year with Toronto and D.C. I mean, because first off, those teams improved. And, look, East is going to be fun this year, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, Ivis. I mean, it's great to, it's great to, I, I just, we need games, man. Thank God, the, thank God the season starts this weekend. Absolutely. Wait, do you want, what, what's your trip again? Is it you leave this weekend, right? I am heading to Seattle on Friday morning. I will be in Seattle for the Seattle Sporting Kansas City opener. Then I'll be hitting the highway right after the match, heading down to Portland. And I'll be taking in Portland Timbers and Philadelphia Union. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be hanging out in Portland for a couple of days. And then I will be off to Los Angeles 
for the LA Galaxy Club Tijuana CONCACAF Champions League match. And uh, uh, exciting times, and without a doubt. And I'm, I'm absolutely looking forward to that. Portland, the Seattle-Portland doubleheader. Yeah, I can't wait. Look at you in Portland for a couple of days, man. You're just loving Portland. It's, well, you know what? It's what's not to like, man. Portland's a great city, and uh, it, it was either just spend one day in Portland and four days in LA, or or balance it out a little more. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll have a chance. I'll be there on Monday. I'll have a chance to, you know, maybe check out one of the one of those uh, you know sneaker stores, uh, you know, employee stores. Hint, hint. Uh, in Portland, so I, I need to I need to replenish my sneaker supply. So. Uh, I got to do that, and I have to hit the food trucks in uh, in Portland, the the food carts, uh, which are, are top notch. So, and then I hang out with my buddy, a hopefully hang out with my buddy Aiden Brown, who's who's out there. I haven't seen him since uh, since November, so there'll be there'll be plenty to do in Portland. Actually, I'm jazzed to go to Portland because we'll be up there for the All Star game. I, I cannot wait for that. Ooh, yeah, that's right. Speak, but yeah, speaking you know. of the All Star game, we did not mention this. Major League Soccer uh, is improving the All Star game. They added a homegrown player game. Good job, Major League Soccer. I think that's yes. awesome. Absolutely about time. Yes. I, I think I, I would also like to see like a skills competition. You know how like they do in the NBA with the point guards dribbling? Like maybe you do guys, you know, you know, drib, you know something like that. Stop or it. or maybe a, maybe a shot competition from outside Stop the 18, it. you know, points in the Stop thing. It. Wait, you don't think those are good ideas? I think they'd be good. Jeez. It's a little cheesy, sorry. What? You think it is? <laughs> I think it's a little cheesy. <laughs> I don't Stop it. I don't think it is. Or maybe you could do like a, a long ball competition, so you can kick it from box to box. You know, like a home run derby type of you know type of thing. Ton, tons yeah. of possibilities. Well, you, well, you know what's funny? Uh, it's th- those things have been done before. Oh, I know they have, oh, but wow. I, but I would like to see. You know, like I, I think the NBA has done a, I don't know, I would just like to see it. You know, give some some guys who did maybe you, aren't did you, the did you game. wait 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 did you actually watch this last NBA All Star Weekend? I mean, everyone just made fun of how bad the. the no, actually, I did not watch the NBA All Star. Well, there you go. Yes, I totally forgot it was. Well, okay. First off, example. First off, it was over my birthday weekend. I mean, come on. There's more. <laughs> my birthday was way more important than the NBA All Star game. <laughs> well, I don't. Remember, I can't remember the last time I watched an NBA All Star game. To be honest with you. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember either. Well, I love how everyone just loses it when they dunk and stuff like that. That the dunk contest has like really lost its. Uh, its luster. Yeah. All right, Ivis. Well, uh, well, that wraps up the Eastern Conference SBI preview show. We'll be back with the Western Conference, man. Before we wrap up the show, Ivis, anything else we need to discuss? Absolutely not. The show is already too long. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening to the show. In uh, 10 months from now, you can uh, tell us, you can tell Ivis and I how stupid we are for our predictions. Hopefully, uh, you can remember all these things. Ivis and I will be back again later this week. So, Ivis, you catch some rest, man. Enjoy the U.S. men's game tomorrow or or today or whenever you listen to the show. (laughs) Yes, I will. Yes. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the reviews on iTunes. Thank you for the comments. We'll be back again later this week with the Western Conference preview. This is the SBI Show.